Alrighty. What did I learn today to become a better communicator? Uh, well, I think a good place to start is maybe just go over some of the big lessons that I have been learning over the last few days because a lot of them recurred throughout the day today. The biggest one being that the number one thing to focus on as a communicator is just trying to speak as normally as you possibly can. Like you might bring the energy up a little bit compared to your normal conversation, especially if it's in a news setting where for whatever reason the camera kind of makes it dull the energy a little bit. So you have to ramp it up a little bit. Overall, you want to speak as normally as you possibly can, just like you're having a conversation with another person. The other thing that I found is when you are preparing, it's often helpful to actually just sit and think about what you're going to say, not word for word, but kind of the touchstones that you're going to use. You're in one position and you have a few stones, you could think of these as steps in your framework to the main point in the conclusion that you're trying to get to. Now the really good communicators need fewer touchstones. They can say, this is the main idea that I'm going to try to get across and I'm just gonna get up there and I'm going to talk. When you're first starting out, that's probably not the way to go because you have to be very knowledgeable and very confident in order to be able to do that. You have to be able to think on your feet and you have to be able to think while you speak. So I wouldn't suggest that to even myself yet. Right now, just in my own communication, like in a weather forecast, I pretty much have a touchstone or a piece of the framework for every graphic that I'm going to show. And I know this is the key idea that I want to say on each graphic. And then I also have the, like the connecting sentence that ties the different graphics together. That's how I go about it. Now, the goal one day is to get to the point where I can have all my slides in place and just say, all right, the main idea is that it's going to get warmer and then there's rain coming in at the end of the week. That's it. That's where you're able to be yourself a lot more. Because the hardest part about communicating, just like in a conversation, is in a conversation, you don't know everything you're going to say. It's very spontaneous. And when you have a framework in place for what you're going to say, it kills that spontaneity. For example, when I was talking to my advisor the other day, I explained kind of the, the process that I'm using, where it's, I know the main point I wanna make for each graphic and I know the connecting sentence, but then within that, I can freestyle a little bit. And the point he brought up was, well, halfway through, does anything ever just like pop out into your mind? And then you wanna just talk about that? And it does sometimes happen, not so much as much this time of the year, but during wildfire season, something would pop up when I'd be maybe showing the wildfire map during my video where I knew I had a bunch of interesting things to say about that, but I couldn't dive into it because I knew I had five more touchstones I still needed to hit and only 45 seconds left. That's where having fewer touchstones or pieces of your framework, or steps, whatever you want to call them, is an advantage. Because it gives you a little bit more leeway, and it 
allows you to be spontaneous, which is how you actually speak. So it'll there's no way to go about that process without actually just speaking normally. I guess you could still put on a fake voice and everything, but it's a lot easier to talk like you're in a conversation if you're actually thinking and speaking at the same time. That was a long way of saying that that was one of the main things that I was working on in my videos today. I feel like I did a good job of it during like the longer form video. I've often found that to be the case where the longer the form video, I just know I can't keep up a fake voice the entire time. So I usually just fall back into my normal speaking voice. It's the shorter form videos that always get me. And that's an important thing to remember as a communicator to be extra, pay extra attention to your speaking when you have a short time constraint. What I notice is if I know I have to get a whole bunch of information in, if there's like three big weather stories going on and I only have a minute and a half forecast, those are the times when I do my worst forecasting because I'm rushing through it all. I'm trying to say too much. I'm speaking too fast. And then I'm all hopped up on energy, so then I'm my level is way too high the entire time. And it's just not how I would ever talk to anybody in real life. Because in real life, I'm never going to be in a conversation and they go, you have a minute and a half to tell me everything that you need to tell me right now. That It's just, it's hard to put something into practice that you don't get to practice in real life. Maybe that's something you could practice in real life say oh I'm gonna try to tell this story in less than a minute I don't know I guess you could try that but that might be a little hard to remember or implement so what I'm saying is if you're in that short time frame that is the most important time to remember to try to speak conversationally and the best way to do it that I found is to just remind yourself right before you start talking, right before you go live or whatever your communication setting is, that you want to be speaking like it's just talking to a friend. I often find it's easier too if I start off with some kind of analogy or story where I get into the kind of performance mode or lecture mode is when I'm breaking down a scientific concept. That's... Uh, another hard place to be conversational because, again, it's not something you often get to practice in conversation. And that's why it is so useful to use analogy and story to get your point across. That was actually one of the main lessons that I learned today. I was reading a very dense philosophical book, but the author did use some analogies here and there, and it painted the picture of what he was trying to say. And it was it was almost like reading art. That's the best way I could put it. It was just beautifully written. And that's not something I say often. Usually I'm the type of person where I'm like, just give it to me straight. Tell me what I need to know. But this book was very... It was like nothing I'd read before. It was so dense that I was actually reading a sentence and then trying to summarize it and then reading a sentence, and then trying to summarize it. Because if I just read a paragraph 
without really thinking about what I was reading, then I didn't understand it at all. There was too much nuance and every single word was important. That could be a good lesson for communication. Is kind of, That kind of goes against my philosophy. I'm always a fan of trying to say things as clearly and concisely as possible. But there is something to be said about leaving it up leaving some things up to the imagination because it forces the listener to think about what you're saying for example if he if the author i was reading had just said exactly the points he was trying to make i would have read it and i would have known okay these are the points he was trying to make but because i was forced to actually break down each sentence and actually think about it. It was much more interactive. And I think I actually came away understanding his points more than if he had actually just said it plainly. Now, it's a dangerous game to play because some people get way too into the weeds and it's way too difficult to understand the point that they're trying to make. But if you can do that well, that's a very powerful skill to have at your disposal. Right now, I'd say I'm still in the camp of break things down as clearly as possible because if you truly understand something, you can explain it in simple terms. And often, the best way to find out you don't really understand something is if you can't break it down into simple terms. And that's actually been one of the main motivations of doing those videos that I've been doing where I'm breaking down weather and wildfire concepts in first that five to 10 minute explainer and then the one minute explainer. That's the best practice that I can think of for myself because I'm able to cover lots of different topics and I'm just building up a library, not only with the videos online, but in my own vocabulary of explaining these weather and wildfire concepts in 30 seconds to a minute, which is exactly what I will need when I'm on the news, you don't have much time. And if they throw it over to me and they say, hold Santa Cruz got 10 inches of rain. San Jose only had one. What's up with that? And then now I can break down. Oh, this is the rain shadow effect. And I can explain it in 30 seconds. That's exactly the kind of skill you want to have for the news. But it's also just the kind of skill that you want to be able to have as a communicator to be able to make your points. You want to be able to get to the point quickly, clearly, and concisely. Also calmly, too. This is true for every form of communication, whether you're just talking with someone one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's an interview on TV, or even if you're giving a long speech. Perhaps the there's a few different styles you can do with a long speech. You could almost do it like jazz, where you're just seeing where it goes and you're just following your thoughts wherever they go. It makes it a little bit harder for the audience, but it's kind of exciting because if you don't know where it's going, the audience certainly doesn't know where it's going. So it's a little bit of an adventure. And that is a cool style. It's kind of this, it's more the style that I use, that I'm trying to use more for these podcasts. But the flip side of that is using a framework. And how you could use the framework with that concise communication style is actually very powerful because you could have 10 points in your framework that you're trying to hit. And if you could have a concise, uh, 
either story or explanation or analogy for each one of those points, they add up to your entire speech, and that would just be jam-packed with information. It's also, I would say, easier. Because if you ever get lost while you're speaking, you can return to the framework. You know, oh, I was on point five. I kind of got lost at the end of that there, but now I'll just go to point six. So it's a little bit of a crutch. And that's why what I was saying at the beginning earlier is as you get better, you want to have fewer touchdowns until the point where you're just putting forward a main idea and then you see where it goes. The main lesson that I learned today, though, is that eh, I was going to say you don't want to try communication when you have like an exterior time constraint, but it was actually good practice because that is going to be the case sometimes. The reason I say that is one of the concise version of my video today just took so long because I had to do so many takes and it was because I went against one of the lessons that I'd learned in the past. One of the lessons I'd learned in the past was it's very tempting to just sit down in front of a camera and try to freestyle what you're going to say. But especially in a very short format, you're bound to make mistakes if you try that. And then you end up just making doing so many takes that you end up wasting more time than if you had just spent five minutes sitting and thinking about what you want to say before you turn that camera on. I've definitely found that that's always the case. You want to have some plan for what you're saying. And maybe that's just at this stage in my career. Maybe I'm just not good enough yet to just turn that camera on and boom, freestyle. Maybe that's where I'll get eventually. But for right now, the framework is very helpful. So that kind of makes me think, well, maybe should I purposely try to go away from that and try to just start freestyling because the only way to learn something is to practice it. That's something to think about and maybe I'll cover that in future videos. Now, one other thing that was just kind of a side point that I learned throughout the day today is just the importance of eye contact when communicating. Obviously, you want to have eye contact when the other person's talking. It's just a, sh a sign of respect. It shows that you're listening. And I honestly don't think you can truly listen unless you are making eye contact. You can get the gist of what they're saying, but you're not fully engaged unless you're making eye contact with them. Now, I often fall into the category of when I'm talking, I don't make much eye contact because I'm trying to think about what I'm saying. But that's something that I do want to get better at and I think is something that anybody who wants to become a better communicator should get better at is you can't be staring at the person the entire time you're talking and listening because that might be a little bit creepy, but you do want to increase the percentage that you're engaging in eye contact throughout the conversation. It just builds a deeper connection and I think it actually increases the ability to share and store information. I, I'm sure there's some studies out there that show that. I might have to look those up tomorrow and get back. So overall, learned a few lessons today. Nothing too major. 
But I'll uh, get back to it tomorrow, and I'll report on what I find.